It's okay. Drink more moonshine. Okay. Drink, 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 drink. I got I got rum. You got rum? Yeah, we're the rummers. Nice. Welcome to Extra AF, where we read some articles about some current shit, and then we tell you listener stories that came from you. Today we are joined by Luciano again. Hey. And I'm Keenan. <laughs> That's my joke. Huh? And then, oh yeah, I'm Keenan. <laughs> and I'm Natalie. <laughs> but more importantly, Luciano. Oh, I know you guys missed him. Our funny comedian friend who I'm going to marry in like, God, really soon. That sounds not. That sounds like you're going to marry me, but I know. Oh, I'm... it does. Here, yeah. I'm going to show you. I got my, I, I'm official. I have my my certificate that Damn. I am minister. I'm gonna hang it on my wall and shit. Are you gonna put, <laughs> put it next to your degree? Yes, please. Well, right now I have it's my associates, my bachelor's, my master's, and then I have Zeke's associates over here. And he's like keeps on trying to take it down. He'll move it. I'm like no. And he's like you should put your uh, ministry thing up there and replace my associates. <laughs> like no. Well now do multiple religions can you get can you like become like a rabbi and then become yeah you could be the one-stop shop yeah yeah kind of like in vegas you know like you can do an elvis impersonation and then like i'm just seeing i'm seeing big business happening y'all i'm saying you just hit me up you know our email historical af thought if you want me to marry you we'll even live podcast your wedding for a nice (laughs) fee You can have like special be like, you know, if the I got a, his rum. <laughs> if the group is like Catholic and the wife is Jewish, be like, I got a Catholic Jewish combo discount, you know? So, <laughs> True. Yeah, that I am all over it. This is like Universal Life Church. And when you get ordained, it's like how to start your own church. And I'm like, hmm, <laughs> sounds tempting. Your own cult, basically. That's what it ended up being. <laughs> it's true. I am all for it. Very excited, though. I feel really important. Good, you are. <laughs> so, how are you doing, Luciana? We haven't seen you in a couple of episodes. Yeah, I am good. It's um, finally winter in North Texas, uh, which means it's 30 and raining. So, <laughs> I got to give Nat some credit. I actually took a line from an episode I was on, and I turned it into a joke. Nice. So, yeah, she said something. It was hilarious. I wrote it down. I'm like, I got to work that into a... So, I'll tell you now. So... Yeah, go for it. It goes like this. It goes like this. So, so people, people are mean. Okay, people are just straight up mean. I was telling someone that the way I was able to lose so much weight is through intermittent fasting. And if you don't know what that is, it's when I go 16 hours without eating, followed by an eight-hour window where I get to eat healthy. But the key is not to eat for 16 hours. And this person was like, "Well, you don't look like you don't eat for 16 hours." And I was like, "Well, fuck you, mom." Because that was the great line. I get it. He's like, I know it's coming. Yeah, you don't look like a girl that don't eat meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, like, well, unfortunately, fries and soda and bread ain't meat. So So I've been testing it out and people just love it because when I said, fuck you, mom, they're like, what's your mom? (laughs) I know, I think that's hilarious. Yeah. And it would be your mom, too. That'd be my mom. Yeah, yeah. She's the first one to mention, like, or if I have acne or anything on my face, I, I can tell she always, like, squints. At me, just staring for a second. I'm like, what? 
Are you about nothing. to connect the dots? Like, what's happening right now? Come on. It's wrong, it's wrong. Nothing. Uh. Oh, She's not... like, did you wash your face? Like, okay, dance is over. Can we talk about <laughs> something else, please? It's called hormones. Thank you very much. Thank that you. is so awesome. I'm glad that the joke is, like, it is funny. Like, good job. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So every time I tell it, I'm like, Natalie. Like that. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's an inside joke. You won't get it. It's even funnier (laughs) because you thought I was going to be like a total bitch that first impression because I was sick and grumpy. (laughs) But to be fair, I only thought you'd look like a bitch. I didn't think (laughs) you were going to be a bitch. Because if you're friends with Keena, I'm like, you can't be bad people. But I just figured, oh, she's probably having a bad day. Or Keena owes her a favor. Like 50 50. 50 50. Fair enough. That's fair. But I'm like, let me, let's see where this. Let's see where this goes. So. Well, it turned into a joke, and I love that. That's amazing. So how was your week, Natalie? Uh, good. I've been making paper flowers constantly. <laughs> I saw that on Instagram. They look so good. The What's magnets. Uh, I sell them, and Christmas time's coming up, so people buy more stuff for gifts and whatnot. So I've been pumping out, trying to make little tiny paintings that are like the size of your palm. And I also like paint boxes, decorative boxes and whatnot, to either hold your keepsakes or to be the gift in there to make it a little bit extra special. Like, look, you can keep the box and what's inside. And um, same with the paper flowers. I bought new paper and it looks really pretty. But that's basically my life. All my jobs and making shit. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Yeah. What about yourself, Keena? Oh, man. I went to a scary movie trivia last night. Oh, yeah. And I suck so bad. I am almost embarrassed. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned because I thought you'd be good. I did too. Well, we got there and for one, we were the only ones that weren't dressed up or had like scary movie tees, like the ironic hipster 80s theme, whatever. So we're like, oh, and then also we're the <laughs> only ones that were like two people. Everybody else had huge groups. And then they started asking like the first round, the theme was indie awards from like the 70s. Oh, no. And I was I like, oh, shit. <laughs> I uh, thought yeah. I was doing so good and Seek didn't answer a goddamn question <laughs> and he was laughing at me and I thought I was doing really good because I, I got like five out of seven right or whatever and then they start doing the rankings and we were dead last <laughs> in oh. the first round and then the next one and I was like god damn it but the people in front of us were just like super nerds I don't know how there was like movies I've never heard of Sabrina or I don't know. Somebody's going to yell at me, but I don't remember what that is. And then I don't know. It was just, it was rough, but it was fun. I got drunk. I to see you towards the end of that game being so frustrated. You're like, where are the penis questions? (laughs) I can answer penis questions. I know. And vagina now. There's like really off the wall questions. Like you'd have to really watch all the 80s stuff a lot to get the super. Yeah, those aren't fun when it's like that niche. I don't know. I suck so bad. But yeah, by the end, we lost really bad. And we're like, and we're out. <laughs> That's so funny. There's, there's a trivia night in Little Rock that it's 90s cartoons. Oh, man. I would love that. Uh, <laughs> I, love, I really want to do that. Which is so funny. My sister's converting to Judaism. And she was asking me if I knew something about Passover. And I was like, yeah. They did that on the Rugrats. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, the Rugrats are Jews. They had like whole episodes about Passover and all the Jewish holidays. Like, of course I know. (sighs) Loved Nickelodeon in the 90s. I didn't have cable growing up. So it was all whatever's on Saturday. And before my my ride picked me up for school. Yeah, Zeke didn't have a TV. So he constantly reminds me of that. (laughs) 
Yeah, I guess they rented one or something on the weekends when they'd have like a family, whatever, but they didn't have a TV. And he's very bitter about it. They're like, you've never seen Rocco's Modern Life? He's like, no, you know I didn't have a TV. Why would you ask me that? Where did he grow up? Wisconsin. Almost Buffalo. Canada. Wow. Yeah. It's very, it's right on the Great Lakes area. Oh, okay. Really up there. It's in the Nort. They call it the Nort Woods. Nort. Not Nort. It's where the Hodag is. Dum, dum, dum. That's my, my favorite world. story ever. Little wood monster that eats only white bulldogs. Like, who comes up with that? That's funny. I know. That's where he's from. All right. So, do you want to go first with your article or you want me to go first? Go for it. All right. So, this article was actually sent to us by Crystal, one of our listeners. Hey, Crystal. So, the story she sent me was Arkansas School for the Deaf found a crypt underneath the school. Which I find fascinating. A lot of the School for the Deaf and Blind popped up at the same time a lot of asylums did. So I came across a lot of stuff when I was doing my thesis project. But here's the story. Little Rock, Arkansas. A stunning discovery underneath the Arkansas School for the Deaf. A real-life crypt with unknown contents has been found just six inches below the campus. Which, six inches? You think they would have found it by now? The school has more than a century of rich history that dates back to 1849. So this is way before the Arkansas Asylum. The quote, my heart is here, signed J.R. Courtright, director of the Arkansas Deaf Heritage Center. Courtright is a third generation student on this campus. He says, my grandmother came here to the school for the deaf in the 1930s. And next was my father. Courtright's son also attended the school for a short time. During his time as a student... Courtright was familiar with the spooky stories that came along with the historic school. And this is a quote. He says, at night, the watchman said at night, sometimes he would feel something grab him or something. Uh, I'm going to pass on that. The stories are still shared today, but recently those tales from the crypt. <laughs> I see you, K-Art. Became a lot more real. We noticed a culvert, a hole, and wanted to see what was going on with it. So they called us and we found out that there were several things underneath there, they said. And what started as a small hole turned into a large hole. (laughs) Staff found not only a crypt, but a new tombstone. And the rain is helping uncover even more. Okay, Courtright, Superintendent Janet Dickinson, and the rest of the faculty took the opportunity to dig deeper into the school's history. Quote, we've heard stories that possibly some of the kids had gotten sick and the families were very poor, so they would bury them here on campus which was also really common with most schools for the deaf and the blind and also the asylums. Quote, it's a bigger number than we expected. For now, the area is covered up, but come January, the Archaeology Survey Society will be coming out to do more testing. In addition, the students will be doing more research into the history in an effort to find out how many people are really buried on this campus. I don't think I want to know. Like, it's fascinating, and, like, I wouldn't want to know if I went to that school all at the same time. It's uh, it's really interesting. I find it really cool that it's just the recent rains is what uncovered it. I'm really excited for them to start doing archaeological surveys and find out what's really under there. There's no telling. Probably a lot of dead people. Probably not a treasure, but you never know. Who's that true? Guy? What is it? Two-eyed Willie? One-eyed Willie? One-eyed Willie. One-eyed Willie. <laughs> Two-eyed Willie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's... Because two eyes would make them stand out so much. Because <laughs> I don't, in my head, I saw three, so I was like, it's got to be less than what I'm seeing. And so I said two, but then I figured, no, no, two is normal. Yeah. And so the moonshine's good. The moonshine's kicking in. 
I know, yeah. your math skills are amazing. They yeah, are. We're about to uh, film a trunk dive, so we're probably going to be uh, Ooh, let me... going downhill quick. Let me get some more. <laughs> refill, refill yeah. our sips. Speaking of sip, you can get a sip merchandise on our merch store now. No big deal. They're so cute. They are. I love the t-shirt and the mason jar, because you actually sip a mason jar, but the t-shirt adorable. So cute. Okay, so I... That oh. was bad. Keyboard's hot. So I got... <laughs> the, no, my earbud is really hot. And I was like, why is it hot? Is something burning? And this is... I MacBook is hot. <laughs> so I got wine, but I kept the ice in it because, you know, I'm a classy bitch. Oh, and yeah. So, I hope you don't throw up by mixing moonshine and wine. <laughs> I do. I'll bring the laptop with me. Okay. All right. Yeah, let's get that footage on there. Hey, the Patreon members are doing <gasps> good stuff. Somebody... Hold on. Ah, somebody just posted a picture wearing our merch on Instagram. Hey! What? Words are hard shirt. I'm so happy. Because words are hard. That's they factual. Are. Oh, my You're God. You're like, they are. She said, I got my first ever podcast merch. <laughs> awesome. I didn't know what to think because you're like, oh, my God, oh, my God. I'm like, is someone breaking in through her phone? Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Your article. I actually don't have an article for this one. I wanted to talk about the show Abstract. And have either of y'all seen the show Abstract at all? No. You tell me a little bit. Maybe I have. I watched so much. Yeah. It is on. I'm with you because I, I, I binge way too much to not remember anything. So Abstract is a series. It's a, actually these short documentaries. And there's two seasons on Netflix now. And it's all about different engineers, designers, mm. artists, and stuff like that. No, I haven't. And <laughs> not your cup of tea, maybe? <laughs> no, I just, I just, like, I'm like, nope, nope, but nope. No, yeah. Well, I like it because one of the designers is actually a costume designer for several movies. And she has recently become super famous because she designed all the costumes for the Black Panther. Ooh. Um, but when they went dived into her history, like I've seen almost every movie she's been involved really? with. And That's cool. name some. <laughs> well, right now, what did we go? Pressure. <laughs> and go. I think one was like Boys in the Hood or something like that. And okay, street cred for that. One point. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the others. Way to go, Luciano! You ruined it. <laughs> I ruined it. <laughs> no. Well, no. One of the main parts I like though is that she said she got a lot of inspiration in, from the library. And hey, nice. Being a librarian, I'm like, oh. And awesome. she would hang out there after school, and in the show, they actually um, go to her local library, and she talked about her little hangout spots. Another artist, also similar, he designs fonts. So he doesn't design flyers or anything like that. He designs fonts and that's interesting and it was like really interesting how he he and like a whole team design fonts to sell to other companies and he sells them online so when you download a font it's something he designed and so most of the episode as he was talking they were showing a current project where he was looking at old watches and maps like their numbers and everything to design a font similar to that and he went to the library to look at old maps and whatnot and and this was in new york city's library wow i want to know after designing it the process of naming them that's what i want to know because that is 
I don't know. I just want to know how they come up. Like, they have a checklist of, it's like, kind of like hurricanes all have female names. Or do they have a checklist? Of, like, no. I think part of it is based on what inspires them for the font. Like, there's a, like, I think they mentioned one that's called Knockout, and it's kind of got a graphic novel comic book vibe to it. So it almost be like a, so they probably picked something a Marvel character would do or something, which would be like a punch or a pow, knockout. And, but they showed all these samples and how his company blew up in the first season, a designer, she's just a graphic designer well known in New York City, but she used several of his fonts. And that increased her career, which increased his career. And so awesome. it was just kind of. Oh, wow. um, so I really recommend that show, and you can watch it in any order. Like what catches your interest? Like there's a car designer for Chrysler on there. Oh, there's cool. a Nike shoe designer who designed the Back to the Future shoes. Oh, that's so cool. I know. <laughs> and along with Michael Jordan's shoes. So he talks oh, about how he wow. met Michael Jordan over the years, talking about all the different Jordan shoes. To your fashion, to classic architecture of buildings, sculptures, and it's just really interesting, all of it. I'm like, I have no interest in making a car, but I do now. (laughs) So cool. It never popped up on my Netflix stuff to watch, so I would have never known about it. So I'm so glad Mm. you brought it up. This is really cool. A little bit of trivia that popped in my head is like the first Nike shoe, uh, the sole was created by putting by using like a waffle iron. That's what they came up with the design, and that's what they use for the being spongy. So I don't know. That's what, not, yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. No, that's, that's probably fifty fifty. Don't Google that. Just try to take my word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking so, up I'm the sh- Black Panther designer now because I because oh, I'm really curious. That was really didn't they win an Oscar? Yeah, they yes. Yeah, yeah, and that's why she's so famous right now. So I don't know if they would have picked her until mm-hmm. after Black Panther, but now that she has a she has an Oscar because of that. It was um, really good. Those costumes were legit. Yeah. And and she is African American mm-hmm. and she fully goes into all of her research whenever she does anything for any movie or any play and stuff. She had a really interesting life, really. I like her a lot. Yeah. It was like literally the comic book coming to life. Like she nailed it with the costumes. They yeah. were so just so close. And she breaks them down from like what pieces came from what tribes and what mirrored blood. That's really cool. <laughs> I'm going to binge this very soon. It's easy to binge. Like you wouldn't think so, but it is. <laughs> well, they're only like 41 minutes, so I can I can binge that easily, <laughs> very fast. Like binge that in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the Netflix yesterday it said that they wanted to add a feature to speed up movies and stuff so you can binge faster and literally every director and actor ever is like don't fucking mess with our shit this is our artwork don't speed that up so oh that'll be interesting to see the fight because you know most people would think fast forwarding like that wouldn't be a big deal but the directors and the artists behind it want it to go a certain speed on purpose yeah Mm -hmm. well that's what they did with that's what they do with uh I don't know what network, but with Friends reruns, they speed them up, and you can hear it. They they sound they have a higher pitch when you're. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyways, and then someone told me, oh, they speed it up to fit more commercials. So. Yeah. Time out. All right. So her name is Ruth Carter. She did Shaft in 2000, okay. Serenity oh. in 2005. Oh my god, I fucking love Serenity. Daddy Daycare, I Spy. Four Brothers. 
Old Boy, which is really, wow. really good. Yeah, that's, yeah, wow. Selma. Wow. Oh, that's a good one. And there's a lot more, but those are the ones I recognize right off the wow. bat. Oh, Dr. Doodle, too. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, let's not talk about that one. I know, I'm like, I'm sure that was like, shh. No, no, there's some of these that were like, okay, movies. She's going to do Coming to America, like the sequel, Coming to yeah. America. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, that's kind of neat. But anyways. Oh, I just saw that they were filming that. I'm really pumped. Yeah, Michael Blackson's going to be in it. Do you oh, know who that is? No. Or not off the top of my head. He's a stand-up comedian that's really skinny and, and he's from Africa. If you Google Michael Blackson, you can't forget that face. It's pretty ugly. <laughs> Googling. I know. <laughs> Michael Blackson. And his catch line is like, motherfucker. Like that. Oh, I already got you. I got yeah. you. I'm oh, like, yeah. I'm that yeah. alone. <laughs> I didn't know the, yeah, I didn't know the name. I'm very yeah, bad friend, about that. I will, like, I, Robin Williams was Daniel for years. And Daniel is from Mrs. Doubtfire. He was Daniel's until I was, like, an adult. <laughs> I think that movie took place in New York. Mm. Yeah, it's Queens. So, there's a restaurant somewhere. I, I want to say I don't know why it's in Chicago instead of New York, but a, a, a restaurant opened up as McDowell's for one day as a treat oh. on an anniversary. Oh, wow. Yeah, but they it was just like they they said oh it's an anniversary because they didn't want to get sued by McDonald's because they'll you know they'll sue for anything. But yeah. <laughs> McDowell's true. opened up for one day a few years ago. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, I love that. All right, I want to start with some uh, listener stories. Yeah. Yep. All right, so we got a lot of follow-up emails from last month because we mm. very forcibly <laughs> demanded follow-ups from you guys, and he delivered, so thank you. <laughs> so I'm going to... <laughs> oh, my God. So the subject really just had me here. Once upon a time in the middle of buttfuck nowhere, you <laughs> had me, dude. <laughs> I love it. This is from Blake. It says, greetings, all. Hello. So, coming from a rural area ravaged by a natural disaster and haunted as fuck, my friends and I would explore the woods and hang out in one of the most haunted places in Minnesota just for fun. Chilling at bridge for hours must make the ghost nearby get used to you. The ghost bridge has a legend of a woman who walks across the bridge and disappears. Depending on who you ask in town, this woman was a victim of a stabbing, shooting, or run over by a train. Those are all vastly different ways yeah. to die. <laughs> yeah. Is there a railroad by that bridge? What the? <laughs> says, anyway, I was conversing with one of my friends, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw a young, black-haired woman running towards us. Concerned that she was endangered. Oh, that's really nice of you. I turned to ask if she was okay, and then she does disappeared. So, fuck that shit. <clears throat> I know, that's rude, too. <laughs> I'm trying to help you, woman. Where, where'd you go? Jesus. He Women. literally got ghosted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That was good. Another instance, a different friend and I were heading home around dusk. As we walked home, we noticed a black wall of darkness that we couldn't see through. Also a big nope there. It seemed <laughs> to follow us perfectly t- to our pace. It freaked us out, so naturally we picked up the pace, like you do, once we left the former railroad tracks, the shadows ceased to follow us. I don't like that. It stopped, though? I guess. But I, I wouldn't like a big black wall of terror following me. Jesus, I'd need a lot of therapy. 
So this other time I was sitting on a bridge with a friend. We were chatting about something or another and looking across the river when a rock roughly the size of a soccer ball flew out of the tree line and hit the water right in front of us. Moments later, there was a loud crack behind us. We thought it was some bullies or something and we went to check. You never go and check when stuff like that happens. This is like scary bullshit. You just, you run. (laughs) I'm just like, that's, I don't, I don't know. What's this guy's name? Blake. Blake. (laughs) Gonna guess Blake is white. (laughs) Going investigating noises and whatnot. I'll be right back, Greg. Hold my, hold my natty light. I'll be right back. No, no. Why do you know? I don't get it. No. Maybe too much Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Says, we saw branches from a silver maple behind us had gotten ripped off. We found no footprints anywhere, and we quick enough getting out of there that we should have caught any people that would have done it. Another moment I was walking home by myself, I felt like I was being watched. As I continued walking, it was like I was getting closer and closer. I took out my phone to check a text, and the shadowy hand touched my wrist. Ah, no. <laughs> I turned around and swung at a short shadow person that disappeared. And then I proceeded to book it home. <laughs> no. Is this Why all in the same place? Back? Like, is this yeah. all taken? Why does he keep going back? Like, why do you keep going back? I mean, he did explain in the last episode that, like, this whole town is haunted as fuck. So maybe it's just everywhere. Okay. I don't it's everywhere know. Everywhere I take it back. Maybe. Keep going back to that one bridge. Oh, oh, here we go. If you're curious if we still hung out here after all these things, oh, okay. the answer is yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Is this a glove for part? How boring is a town where you're like, eh, we could get killed, but what else is there to do? Bring the Nedalite. He says we actually camped out overnight many times. So you stayed the night? No. Oh, man. We were very open to seeing things. We have all since moved away and haven't seen anything in a few years. But we used to trade stories with people who walked by and had also seen things. Other mentioned shadow people and other strange apparitions. Thank you for your time and consideration. Well, thank you for your time and consideration for emailing us. Blake. What are we considering? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I sign all my emails. Thank you for your time and consideration. I thought that I, was normal. I, oh no, I do that for when I'm like wanting a job interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, actually, thank you for your time because and you that is very true. Went out of your way to send us stuff after we so vigorously demanded it. <laughs> that is true. We had multiple stories, and I'm so excited. That's yeah, we were very aggressive with our demands, so thank you. I've seen too many episodes of the X... Not one episode of the X-Files do I see where the guys, like, make contact with a shadowy dude, and it's like, oh, they became best friends. No, you, you, you're dead. Like, it doesn't end well. Like, I don't... I don't... I don't get it. I just don't know. Yeah. I'm bored. I'm really bored. But I'm gonna send you a, a, a TV and a gaming console. Stay home. Because I want you to make it to your next birthday. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I, how did you survive your childhood? My town only had like one ghost story. I can't imagine having so many haunted places. That's so crazy. I'm slightly jealous. Blake, are you running a TV on the weekends as well? <laughs> <That's perfect. laughs> I'm so bad. And 
It's so scary. I would never say the night bear. Oh, gosh. I don't know. I keep going to all these haunted places, and I want to see a ghost, but I never see anything. I think I want it too much, and I think they know it. Yeah? Yeah. But you're also, like, terrified of demons and supernatural stuff. I'm afraid of demons, but I'm okay with ghosts. How do we know the difference? How do we know the difference? (laughs) That was my question. You know, I'm okay with ghosts, but not demons, you know, because, no, they're rough. Just, that doesn't sound like a scary movie in the making. I have standards. Okay. No. This last, this, that's another thing I did this weekend is Pecan Fest and where I'm from. And, oh, uh, we went. That. Yeah, because you were, t- you were asked for a Pecan Snickers. And never actually responded whether or not. I did not. Them. We only have two left. Now I'm really just like, I feel really bad. Oh my gosh. Luciano just left. He just left the chat. And he's throwing his chair. I hope his wife isn't too mad by all the destruction. Oh, he's back. Okay, calm down. We haven't, we haven't eaten them yet. They're still there. But yeah, apparently they like sold out super fast. We didn't realize what was happening with these pecan Snickers. You'd be like, wait, I've got a Mexican. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, Seguin is famous for the world's lar- largest pecan. And so they have a pecan vest, and it was a whole big thing. But they had an open house, the Magnolia Hotel, which I talked about on episode two. And then I went on Cheers for the Grave, and I talked about it there because I'm slightly obsessed. And I was like, all right, I'm going inside. I'm going to see a ghost. I'm going to feel some energies. Not a goddamn thing happened. I was so disappointed. All I saw was just this tiny little human that was, like, violating history. He was going underneath the ropes and, like, jumping on furniture, and I was having anxiety. People really need to have leashes for their children in places like that. But yeah, no, no ghosts. There's supposed to be like a serial killer there. It's supposed to be like super strong energy. I felt nothing. It was really sad. And I went to the Crescent. I felt nothing. And then they just posted last week. They're like, the Crescent is officially a portal to hell. And I'm like, what the fuck? I didn't see a single ghost there. What is happening? I don't Portal to hell. That sounds like you're going to get a few (laughs) demons. I mean, I had a delightful time when I was at the Crescent, and I stayed <laughs> in the second most haunted room, and I paid extra for the ghosts. I literally paid extra, not a single ghost. Well, there's, like, Michael's room. That's supposed to be the number one most haunted room. He died building the Crescent. He's supposed to haunt. Oh. And then the second one's Miss Theodora, and she's supposed to pack your bags, do shit. Nothing. Not a single thing. I think I'd be appreciative if someone packed my bags. I'm like, thank you for doing that for me so I didn't have to. Yeah, their big story is that there's this couple getting married there, and they got into a big-ass fight. And then they decided, let's go to the bar, have a drink, talk it out. When they came back, the wedding dress was in the garbage, and all their shit was packed up against the door. (laughs) That's their story, they tell. So that sounds to me that the ex went in there and (laughs) made some damage, and then they're like, oh, it must have been a ghost, because clearly we don't have issues. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or was there a side chick? Side yeah. chick, yes. That's what I mean. <laughs> I mean, the Crescent is continuously voted the number one most haunted hotel in the whole country. So I just don't understand why I can't see a ghost when I'm there. It must be me. I don't know. Everybody else. They have a big ass book in the lobby of everybody's ghost experiences. And I'm like, oh, this is going to happen. It didn't happen. <sighs> I want it too much. Yeah. I'm almost tempted to go to, like, La Llorona's Creek on Halloween and be like, where are you at? But then I know better, because that's a really scary shit story. So, But I live right by it. I don't think I want to visit you now. I didn't know that. 
<laughs> yeah, not really selling they call it, it anymore. Woman hollering creek. <laughs> His eyeballs. <laughs> nope. Nope. Yeah. Then, you have to pass it to go to the Air Force Base every time then, I go there. Yeah. And I'm not going to the Air Force Base. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Natalie, you want to read the next story? Sure. The tangents are strong in this episode. I like it. Because I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to read Frankie D's. Frankie Daniels. Oh, Frankie. Yep. It's the Shanghai Tunnels, Portland, Oregon, a.k.a. Crippin' Ain't Easy. Mm. <laughs> so, bear with me. This is a little bit long, but pretty sure it's going to be worth it. All right. There is a whole lot of history that can be told about the city of Portland, but in the interest of not having this become a 20-minute segment, this still might be 20 minutes. I'm going to go ahead and skip around a bit. Portland was originally established as a trade outpost on the West Bank of the Willamette. <laughs> Willamette. I like even like spelled it out how to pronounce it with parentheses. He knows Aww. me so well and us. <laughs> we we butcher so everything. <laughs> Willamette River at 1845. The area that had been previously known as the Clearing had been known as a trading destination for American Canadian and British traders, and as early as 1840, assessments of the river proved that it was a viable port for seafaring ships delivering supplies and goods to the provisional capital of the new Oregon Territory, Oregon City. Portland was named after the hometown in Maine of one of the two men responsible for filing the land claim. Portland's claim to fame is its connection of the Willamette River on which Oregon City is situated, and the Columbia River, which runs to the ocean. Now, switch gears back and backtrack a little to 1790, what is sometimes referred to as the first federal labor law. The Act for the Government and Regulation of Seamen was signed into law by the first Congress of the United States. In that law, it was established that sailors who signed onto a ship, that sailor, was bound by a contract to complete the voyage. Failure to do so resulted in that sailor being imprisoned for violating that contract. Ooh. Yikes. That's very, now, uh, that's very, uh, escalated very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> like, how dare you? Like, just imagine going to your job and you don't do your job and then you're just in prison forever. <laughs> it's like, don't check Facebook at work, y'all. <laughs> Thanks, government. <laughs> Thanks, Obama and Trump and whoever else. Thank you. <laughs> now. <laughs> How'd you end that letter? Uh, thanks for your consideration. <laughs> oh, we have like four more paragraphs. Come on. Now, human nature being <laughs> what it is, if there is a way to make money, there will be those folks who will do so with no regard for empathy, morality, or ethics. <laughs> Senate, cough, cough. <laughs> this led, and that's in the, that is in the email, cough, cough, Senate, cough, cough. Just oh, so yeah. we know. Okay. That's very witty. <laughs> this led to the rise of a practice known as crimping, or as would apply to my overall point, Shanghai. Able-bodied men would be drugged <laughs> or kidnapped and forced to sign a contract for basically no pay. The crimps would be paid as little as $50 a head for these indentured sailors. This adjusts to about $1,500 today. 
Okay, well, all right. Make some money. These men would be forced to remain with a ship for as many as six years or find themselves arrested and imprisoned. Again, imprisoned. Okay. Wow. Now, back to Portland. The bustling town has grown and seafaring ships stopping at the growing port has become more and more regular, supplying the new city and the new capital. The many hotels, bars, and restaurants began to link their basements with a series of tunnels that led to the waterfront in order to facilitate delivery of goods. What the founders failed to anticipate is what could potentially happen with a literal underground pathway to the seafaring vessels. A lot of the stories exist as legend only, but as many as 1,500 1,500 men and women a year would find themselves being drugged, knocked unconscious, or dropped through a deadfall, which was oh nothing more than a trap door set in the floor that would be oh opened no. when yeah. an yeah. unsuspecting victim would find himself standing on the door. What the fuck? Oh, my God. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Portland? <laughs> I thought Portland was like a cool hipster place. Fuck that. I just thought of Portlandia. (laughs) (laughs) Fred Armisen, no. No. (laughs) They would be kept in concrete cells. Oh, this gets better. Great. Concrete cells until a ship's master would alert the crimps that they would be setting sail in the early morning and were short of hands. The women in Shanghai would find themselves being trafficked to sailors or on a ship as a comfort woman. Oh, no. That is not... The terminology doesn't make it better. Mm-mm. And then he puts a coital captive. <laughs> That's witty but terrible. Nice. <laughs> nice. A locked up lady of the night. Oh. <laughs> a bound booty call. No. Oh. Oh, he's going still. And he went chain gang gang bang. Oh. And he actually has question mark on oh, that no. one. He's like, no, not that last one. Too much, too much. Yeah, it may be a little too soon. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. During the age of prohibition, speakeasies found an easy place to hide their distilleries and opium dens had a place that was easily concealed alongside the prostitution rings. Yeah, we got it. The lock lady of the night. Great. Portland became known as the (laughs) Forbidden City due to its status as one of the most prolific Shanghai cities. Huh. That's crazy. This practice continued well into the 1900s and only dropped off as the modern steamships became more widely used. And after the amendment of the 1790 Act, in order to reduce the instances of Shanghai, the Portland-Shanghai Tunnel still exists today with multiple tours that take place in different parts of the tunnels, including the one in association with the Oregon Historical Society. These tours explore the history as well as showing visitors the cells where people were kept and even some possessions left behind after the victims were spirited away. There was an episode of Ghost Adventures, <laughs> but the focus was mostly on the sex trade. Many people claim to have experienced differing levels of spirit activity, including moving objects, whispers, EVPs, and strange feelings. I would definitely have some strange feelings if I went yeah. there. I only laugh because Zach Baggins just makes me laugh every time somebody talks about Ghost Adventures. That's true. I'm not, la- I'm not laughing at sex trafficking. Just <laughs> throwing that in there. <laughs> and it's like your next part was sex trafficking. I was like, oh shit. No, that's really funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
This is just one of the haunted locations here in Portland, and one I, for one, am very excited to explore. If and when you start touring and doing live shows, we seriously need to go. Anywho, great, Kina, you've influenced the anywho. Anywho, <laughs> that is my local historical nugget. Keep it crazy, ladies, and if I can ever be a guest, I'll happily do some research on the subject. Cheers, Frankie. Oh, my God. Nice. One, I love that you said historical nuggets. Two, I love that you said it anywho. Three, that was a good story. And he kept on saying that it was horribly written. It was really greatly written. That was a terrible sentence, but you know what I meant. (laughs) What was the name (laughs) of that story? Uh, The Shanghai Tunnels, Portland, Oregon, a.k.a. Crimpin' Ain't Easy. Okay. (laughs) So halfway through, I was like, oh, Crimpin', because I thought it says Crimpin'. I'm like, Crimpin' in Oregon? (laughs) All right. Oh, Boys, yeah. That's why I was like, Boys in the Hood, I get it. Okay, I see why you picked it. No, and they're halfway through, I'm like, oh, no, no I'm an idiot. Yeah, It's okay. It's the traffic and hood of a coital captives and booty calls of the night. That was so funny. <laughs> I, I can't even. That's oh, that was that was good. so good. All right. So, I got a really short one. This is from Bailey. So, I'm probably going to butcher this because it's Canadian and I don't speak Canadian, A. So, well, and just so y'all know, we don't read these prior to recording, just so no, we're surprised <laughs> and we can enjoy them too. Oh, nice. So, so it seems like we're if, unprepared because we are unprepared. But we enjoy the natural reactions of it. So That's true. There you go. So this is the Sawash Hill Road and Cemetery in Comox, Canada. Mm. Usually said to be in Courtney's Sawash Hill seems to also be Comox Hill. Furthermore, the Swash Hill entities may actually have been two separate spirits. One was a green cloud mist near the cemetery, probably by Pioneer Park. And I'm assuming if you're in this part of Canada, you know what that means. Which was also seen over a short period of time. So a green mist. Which is similar to when we did that episode on the presidential libraries over over Nixon is a green mist. So it must be us ghosty thing i don't know what it means (laughs) the second was an apparition of a woman with a hideous face nothing like a human face without arms or legs jesus she's believed to have been a casualty from an ancient first nation battle a road crew is said to have found her skeleton and then the haunting stopped that was a ride the next one Comox Avenue. The apparition along this road is known as Dancing Mary, a First Nations woman who lived in the early settlement. The legend says that after she disappeared, people believed she was murdered by her abusive white pioneer human husband. I I quit. Ancient aliens? That's really sad. Her abusive husband. God damn it. I'm sorry, I was laughing at the aliens. Not abuse. Just, you know, we're laughing at other stuff. Not yeah. sex trafficking and <laughs> Again, we're getting super drunk so we can do our drunk dives. It's extra drunk. He would tell people that she left him so no charges were ever brought to him. But Mary's been described as beautiful and she's seen dancing along the road inside a blue mist. A soldier during the Second World War drove his bike through the mist and reported a freezing cold sensation. This may have been the last sighting. So you're riding your bike and you see a blue mist, which is not normal. That's definitely not a normal thing to see. And here's like, I'm just going to ride straight through that bitch and see what happens. Hold your breath. I see a lot of people doing that, actually. I can see a lot of people doing it. 
So yeah, those were the two short stories. She was also the one that had the monkey farm last. Episode. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I remember the monkey farm. <laughs> monkey chow. <laughs> yes, I, that was the one thing that stuck with me that episode is that Perina made monkey chow. <laughs> and I still can't let that go. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> and I googled it and it's real and I don't, I don't know. Well, a ghosty with no arms and yeah, I don't like, like that. That one's gonna haunt me a bit. Like, oh like when they saw it... that torso, was it like flopping <gasps> at them? Was it just sitting there? I, <laughs> like a fish like, flopping? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, here I come. Give me a second. Here I come. Ooh, wait, wait. Up. Oh. No. Mm-hmm. Nope. Don't like that. Just... Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for our next one? Yes. This one is back to Blake, and oh. it looks promising. Like, I'm pretty excited when I read this subject. <laughs> I mean, buttfuck nowhere, which I feel like is a horrible word, buttfuck. No, we used to say that we said buttfuck Egypt when I grew up uh, describing the hills of Arkansas. So I think it's just if you're just in the middle of nowhere, that's just what you say. Well, no, well man, yeah, I've heard of it. I know mm-hmm. that term but it's still kind of like cringy it doesn't make <laughs> sense school i need to google that i'm gonna write a note where did that come from incognito least... mode with that one <laughs> and no Definitely. images don't put images yeah oh yeah. god i'm gonna take one for the team guys i'm gonna figure out the etymology for this word yeah that is a solid you i'm not gonna <laughs> is that the right word it's etymology not entomology that's bugs all right continue Blake. I know it. <laughs> Alright, Blake. I'm sorry for our randomness. Um, but I'm happy that you sent us all these stories, though. This was I was babysat on a former cult property. Oh, man. What is your childhood? Man. <laughs> I, oh, I love it so much. Well, it's probably traumatic, and I'm sorry, but I also love oh. it. Mm-hmm. My cult will be better. Let's find out. Alright, greetings, all. Hello. So, my hometown was just over 50 people in it. Were they all in the cult? Oh. I don't know. But the question. When (laughs) I was, (laughs) when I was little, I would go to the farm to be babysat. And it's the farm in quotations. (laughs) (laughs) My parents thought it would be fine because they thought it was just a failed hippie commune. And my uncle lived there at the time. Weird shit would happen there all the time. Weird little people and abnormally abnormally large animals (laughs) could be seen in the woods around the property. This is a great start. I love this so much. I spent most of my life just assuming it was just a hippie commune that failed. But one of my close friends who lived on the property told me that some of the creepier members we remember were there far longer and conducted rituals on the property. And that's why the weird things were always there. My friend's family and my uncle were hippies and never partook in any of the weird stuff. It was real. No, no. Like, (laughs) wink, wink. (laughs) I don't know. I'll give give them that. Maybe they didn't take... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was uh, revealed that those things went on without our knowledge, especially us kids. Today, the farm is abandoned, and if you go there, you cannot hear a damn thing. There is no wildlife or crickets or anything like that. Being oh. I was only a part-timer, 
and only three or four years old, I have only heard rumors and stories about this place. Most people will refer to it as the old hippie commune. Thank you for your time and consideration. Well, our consideration is that I need to know more about those rumors. What? <laughs> Blake, okay. leaving us hanging again. Come on. Just, okay. it's just, a, it's just, I find it it's funny, yeah, concerning. There's only 50 people in the town, and everyone refers to that farm. Like I said, how many of 50 live there? Because that sounds like the port of the hell. Like, if you had to it give does. me. It does. <laughs> I don't to Google this later. <laughs> I, wow, I have questions. Like, why is there no animals? Why are there no crickets? Why is it quiet? It does sound like the portal of hell. Yeah, you have little people and then giant creatures in the forest. That's like the movie The Village. Oh, God, yeah. That's really creepy. I don't know. I mean, I like a good cult story. I have one of my own. My dad joined a cult briefly. He got kicked out. <laughs> For what reason? Um, He it was, was too lot. sexy. I, I just, I'm just thinking of the conversation <laughs> the, his parents had. They're like, uh, oh, we got to go, but we don't have a babysitter. Oh, we can try that weird farm on the edge of town. <laughs> like, are you sure? It's like, well, who else is going to babysit this weirdo? Well, it's like the crazy uncle. uncle. Yeah, like the crazy uncle, whatever. You know? Oh, the uncle. Hanging like, out with the hippies. Yeah, the uncle lived there at the time. So. Uh, at the time. And, yes. And. I don't know what a farm looks like, so I can't really. I don't know. People say farm. It's like. I mean, I know the communes is like everybody lives there and you work on the commune and that's how you pay your rent and shit. Like nobody pays money. It's just labor. So I'm assuming. Yeah, I just imagine like big gardens, animals, cattle, and a couple of big houses or far, barn houses that everyone sleeps in the same room probably. Yeah. So oh that was the God. issue with my dad. My dad didn't want to give up his job. And there's, like, no privacy normally. Think. Yeah, it's very weird. He also married the cult leader's ex-wife, so that probably didn't work for him either. <laughs> so good. Um, but, Blake, I would like to know more about this commune, please. And thank you. I'm going to Google. He's also a historian, so yay, historians. <laughs> yay. So, I'll talk a little bit more about it now. So, cool. this is the... uh title minnesota's 1918 eight, did i say that right 1918 fires and it's ghosts jesus i'm drunk okay reading all <laughs> did i did i read those numbers correctly one, one, yes oh. i think i said it right and then i forgot immediately okay this is great also drunk well, dive coming up you should join patreon watch it says greetings well. all i spent most of my life driving past a mass grave that's very ominous on October 12, 1918, sparks from the rail lines created two separate fires that destroyed 250,000 acres. Holy shit. That's a <laughs> lot. One of these fires killed hundreds of people in a rural area around Moose Lake. <laughs> Moose Lake is like the most Minnesotan thing ever. <laughs> yeah. The systems put in place to prevent these fires failed because of the complacent farmers and negligent railroad overseers failed to follow laws until it was too late. Not everyone had a car in the area in 1918, which understandable, and many that did sped past the dead man's curve, rolling their cars, and they were often burned alive. Oh my god. Other families... (laughs) It does. Other families placed their women and children in the root cellar where they died of smoke inhalation 
while the potatoes next to them baked. Oh my god! Every sentence <laughs> gets worse. <laughs> the men fighting the fire outside of the root cellar lived. It's also difficult for people running or on horseback to escape the 60 mile per hour flames. Oh my god. Seriously, every sentence gets worse. In order to escape the flames, people drove their vehicles straight into the lake or in the rivers. One can still scuba dive and find these cars today. Wow. If the water wasn't deep enough, people boiled. Oh my god! Despite the carnage, most of the town and township's inhabitants survived. The survivors had to make a morgue out of the buildings left standing, including a local butcher shop. Some survivors say they could not eat the meat for a while because of the fire because it remained. Oh my god, it reminded them of the corpses of their friends and neighbors. Jesus, Blake! Worst way to become a vegetarian. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The fires did... Oh my god, 30 million in damages. That's in the 1918. The inflation is insane. Oh my god. And the Relief Commission generated 3 million. (laughs) <laughs> the parentheses, what a fucking help that was. <laughs> <laughs> they were encouraged to pull themselves up by the bootstraps, which I fucking hate when people say that. Instead, they engaged in various lawsuits to make the difference. It took an act of Congress in 1935 to bring final relief to the fire survivors. Naturally, a place like this has a shitload of ghost stories, which now I can understand why. Most of the people I've met in this town of 2,000 people have said that they've had haunted houses or have had a paranormal experience in the town. I remember in my old apartment, there was a little girl in period dress that used to watch me watch movies or whenever I was, or whatever I was doing in the room. I was on my phone with someone and they'd ask who that girl I had over was. Oh my God. Luciana's <laughs> <laughs> expression right now is quite priceless. No. Shake this head. No. Nope. And then in parentheses, this made for an awkward conversation or two as a teenager. (laughs) Awkward (laughs) conversation. Yeah, it's not the sex talk. It's just who's the weird girl in the back. Shadow people have been seen on the local bike path as it used to be the rail line. My neighbors in the apartment complex saw people running through their home. It's sort of a common thing. I actually saw someone disappear in front of me while I was driving through the town the other day. Shit's Why wild. Are you still there? <laughs> <laughs> so shit's wild. The earliest ghost story actually comes from the victims of the fire. They claim to have seen some kind of demon that they compared to the devil himself. They witnessed the being kill someone and disappear. The account was provided anonymously, so who knows what the validity of the claim. But it's spooky as shit nonetheless. I've attached a fun link and a picture of an anonymous account. I will put all the links to all these uh, primary sources, which I fucking love some primary sources. I'm really excited. They'll all be on our website. Crazy. 1819, somebody sees a demon in the fire and, like, writes about it. So that's in the primary sources. That's really cool. This guy has really hit the jackpot in the thesis department. Yes, definitely. they They said 30 million? Is that what they said? 30 million? In damages? Yeah. 30 million then. Okay. So, I didn't know which way to go. So, if we're taking 30 million of today, back then, it was about $1.6 million of damages. 
if we're doing 30 million then now that's like 550 million dollars damage so i don't know wow. i can't even imagine 30 million back then jesus christ i know i was like was that even printed like <laughs> that's a lot of money well thank you blake for all yes, the like uh, work you're doing i'm really <laughs> i'm excited i want you to publish your thesis and i want you to read it yes and send more crazy shit because apparently you have a very interesting childhood and yeah. might be therapy i would really like to know more about the rumors of yeah. that commune please please that feels like that's the the actual location of all paranormal activity movies you know they're all based on like, <laughs> watching 10 of them it's like oh it's a cult yeah. <laughs> so no one has a cult was involved with some kind. So you guys, do you guys watch those movies? Yeah, I think all I've them? seen all of them. My favorite too. one slash not like the scariest one, but is the one that, that close to the end, second to the last one, where it, it, it's in Los Angeles, and there's a lot of Mexicans in this one because you normally <laughs> see like, the white people, but the Mexican <laughs> one scared me because they use real stuff that I know, like curanderos and brujeria. Yeah. And I was like, that's too real. Like, I, <laughs> I, I watched that stuff to escape, not to, like, remind me that, oh, that stuff could be real. So, yeah, if you remember that episode, that one was too close to home for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember, this is how old I am. Paranormal Activity was an internet thing before it was a movie. So, mm-hmm. it was just an internet link that you clicked on, and it was the it was it looked like it was just somebody's security camera. And you watch it, it didn't have any of the music or any of the... Right, right. Oh my god, it scared the shit out of me. And the ending was different. So that's one paranormal activity, the first one. I remember watching it as a bootleg because I'm classy. <laughs> yeah. And I remember watching it and being so scared because I believe in things that I don't can't I can't I can't explain them. So they got to be on the side of real. I'm not gonna be like that. <laughs> but that that reminds me of the first time I saw The Exorcist. Kind of same same fright in me. When I saw The Exorcist for the first time, I remember watching The Exorcist Saturday afternoon. I might have been in middle school, and it's on like network TV, so it's full of commercials. It's super clean, and I'm still like, "The hell is this?" You know. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I just remember that that primordial fear. Only a few mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, my mom said when she was when she saw The Exorcist in the movie theaters, people were passing out because it was so scary. About <laughs> well, I guess I, I guess how old I am. I remember the Blair Witch Project. Oh when yeah! Came out, I thought it was real. <laughs> like I went to the movies and I still thought it was real. I watched. <laughs> I, I remember Fox had like how they found the video and where was it and all the stories. <laughs> and I'm like, and I remember going on a Saturday morning. It's the first time I went to the movies in the morning, you know, because I know who goes to the movies in the morning. It was sold out, so I remember going <laughs> in and what you guys remember that I'm not gonna tell yeah, you. Yeah, was, yeah, but yeah, yeah. At the end, when he's in the corner, they're screaming, and it just ends. I just felt yeah. so dirty because I felt like I just witnessed people die. And I just remember <laughs> walking out of the theater with my cousin going, I looked at him, I'm like, you want to go to church? Like, you want to get cleansed? You want to get cleansed? Because I don't feel good. I don't feel good watching people die. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that was weird. Oh, yeah. I, I knew it was fake because I recognized one of the actresses from a, a miniseries on sci-fi. Good for you, Natalie. Oh, yeah, I did not, <laughs> I did not know that. We're traumatized. No, that was that. That was a worldly well, it was world. To make you think it was real, it was like yeah. the first found footage thing ever. Yeah. It was really oh. scary. No, it, yeah, it was very ahead of its time in that, like the first of that many, that type of style. 
Blair Witch came out, though, when I was kind of too young for it, though. Like, I watched it a little bit later. We're old, Luciana. <laughs> oh, yeah, Blair Witch came out in 99. I was in third grade. Mm. So, yeah, I watched it, like, in middle school. But when I did watch it, though, I recognized the girl from a miniseries. And I'm like, how did someone think this was real? But I guess that's how. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, some, of us, some of us grew up in a commune, so... <laughs> It's okay. I grew up in the nowhere. I grew up in the woods. That's basically what I had. Yeah. So it, was, it got pretty creepy at night sometimes. Yeah. Nothing too spooky. It's just a coyote. <laughs> I heard a coyote here yesterday, and I was like, "Huh, that's interesting." Well, anyway, guys, if we're about to uh, do our drunk dives, we do have one more story though. Oh, do we? We Shit. have heathers. Oh fuck! I thought we were done. Never mind. Scratch that. Soberkina, cut that out. <laughs> Hashtag editing. <laughs> we have our last story is, uh, and I saved this one for last because it's the follow up Heather sent. She was the one from last month that had ghosts that eat people. And then she went, bye, thanks. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? You can't leave it at ghosts that eat people. And with many, many de- demands and maybe one please, she's willing to <laughs> answer us. <laughs> So we this is Heather. Point out that we were very demanding, and yes, we were. But thank you for, uh, you know, acquiescing. We're demanding, <laughs> but appreciative. Thank yes. you. <laughs> and it goes like this: It says, "Well, since you said please, ha ha ha, <laughs> an explanation for the hungry ghost should come first. You guys should like it because, well, it's historical as fuck." <laughs> <laughs> but um, <clears throat> my great grandfather and great-great-grandfather were from Ireland. I believe my great-grandfather was a first-generation Irish immigrant. His parents came over from Ireland. I'm not sure where great-great-grandpa was from, but great-grandpa was from (laughs) Tipperary. If you know anything about the families in Ireland, you know that people left in droves to escape the starvation, political, and religious persecution. Don't get me started on Queen Victoria. (laughs) Our family is native Irish. The Anglo-Irish were Protestant. In fact, because of how England's politics rolled, only Protestants could be in power. Mixing religion and politics is a terrible idea. The Orangemen acted like a terrorist organization in Ireland. Think of them similar to the KKK in Ireland. Ooh, yikes. Mm. That is pretty bad. They utilized religion for cruelty and murder. So not all Protestants were part of the organization, but the Orangemen affiliated themselves with the Protestant religion. The fear of Protestants traveled with those that immigrated. My great-grandfather sent back money to the IRA to fight for Irish independence. This was around the period of the 1916 Easter Rebellion, not during the car bombings after the IRA fractured. So the trauma that is passed down from one generation to the next led my Nana to warn us not to play in the Protestant side of the graveyard at night. (laughs) More interesting things about the graveyard are that it is built on bedrock. So if you are buried six feet under, they dig the grave ahead of time and then blast using explosives to get the grave to the proper depth. Oh, wow. That's kind of cool. Dynamite. Yeah. To- 
Previous members of my family have quite literally gone out with a bang. (laughs) We cremate now. The graveyard and town is built on stolen land. Marika is what it said. (laughs) So if you hop into the graves before they put the bodies in, obviously, you will find layer upon layer of pottery shards and arrowheads. As a kid, I thought this was really cool. But now that I'm older, I realize these things are not mine and should be left alone. Uh, There is a huge section from the Spanish flu where a lot of people died all at once. Kids, adults, babies, uh, get your flu shot. (laughs) (laughs) And there's also a huge number of armed service members from World War One and two. Ironically, on a desert mountain in landlocked New Mexico, there are a lot of Navy men. And she goes, what questions do you have? I never know what people will find interesting or useful, or I just can't remember and what I forgot. But love the podcast. Keep up the good work, Heather. Well, thank you, Heather. Thank you, Heather. Thank you. I appreciate it. That was really interesting. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. I feel whole now again. Thank you for uh, humoring us with a follow-up email, not making us beg more. <laughs> we uh, would have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like not above that. <laughs> not above that at all. <laughs> That's really cool. I really like the dynamite part. I know. Boom. <laughs> Going out with a bang. I like it. That's very witty. I enjoyed it. All right, now I can say it. So. <laughs> Thank you guys for sending in your stories and we need more for next month. So definitely get on that. Send us your stories for your hometowns, any historic shit you've done. If you have any spook stories or true crime stories or just literally anything, just email us at historicalafpod at gmail.com. Yeah, Blake, if you're still alive, then go ahead. More stories, please. (laughs) Yes, we definitely need more stories. So for December, which is our birthday month. Yeah, Natalie. so if you got any crazy Luciana, birthday stories. Yeah, Luciana just had a birthday, so sorry we're not including you, but Natalie and I are December babies. Yep, Christmas. The worst babies of them all. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. That's fair. We don't exist. <laughs> Our birthdays don't exist. Okay, I have a friend who has a great joke, and he goes, I hate my birthday is in November. I hate having my birthday in November because my parents would say, listen, your birthday is... Oh, I just ruined the joke because I'm tipsy. <laughs> <laughs> or it just made it better. They go, they go, okay. He goes, you can't, okay, there it is. He goes, my parents said I couldn't have my birthday because it's too close to December. You know, Christmas. So I only have one birthday and that sucks. But then my little brother came along and his birthday's in November and they <laughs> have a birthday for him and Christmas. You guys don't understand. My birthday's in June. <laughs> And I was like, oh, that's really good. Your parents hate that's you. funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my sister's November 5th and I'm December 6th. So my parents were just fucked. But yeah, I got a lot of birth miss. All right, guys, we're about to uh, film our drunk dive, which if you can't tell, we've been getting increasingly more drunk. So you should definitely check that out and then go to www.patreon.com slash historical AF pod. <laughs> and... Check out our drunk dives and book lists, deleted scenes, and all that good stuff. And the higher you go, you get, like, merch and shit. So it's definitely worth it. And if you don't like the commitment of Patreon, then you can uh, just donate a one-off donation in the form of a coffee at 
Kofi, which is K-O-F-I slash historical AF pod. So, you know, help us any pods. Yay. <laughs> uh, you can also check out our stuff, historical AF pod, and that is on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And we have so many good things where we post photos about our episodes while you're listening. If you want to see what we're actually talking about, you can just pop on over there to one of our social medias and then we have memes and historical nuggets and all kinds of facts in there it's really entertaining i very much look forward (laughs) to them every day yes and our socials have links to our personal accounts which i appreciate everybody that was rooting me on at failing miserably at the uh horror movie trivia last night (laughs) because i got a lot of tweets being like you can do it kina (laughs) no i can't i'm losing so yeah follow us it's fun and if you are on our social media, you get the heads up on when we're having specials on our merch. So when we're having discounts and sales and free shipping and all that shit. So here yeah, our merch shop dot spreadshirt.com slash historical AF pod. That's a hard word to say. Don't look at me like that, Natalie. Anyway. I'm looking at like, I wonder how sober <laughs> she is. I'm not. And I was thinking of all the great merch we have. We have awesome t-shirts, mugs, and mason jars that say sip. I don't know if I really want more. Along with um, the t-shirts. And uh, earlier we mentioned that someone posted wearing the shirt. And I'm super excited. Awesome. Thank you for buying our shirt. Yeah, we're very excited. Definitely if you get something, post a picture. We get really excited about that. So definitely check it out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm very excitable. I regret nothing. Yeah. I think that's it. I think we're good. That's a spiel. We're done. Drunk and spiel. Spiel. <laughs> we gotta be drunk. It's a drunk dive. That's just in the name. Oh, my dog's leaving. Hmm? Oh, my dog? Oh, oh Also, yeah. around the one one hour, 25 minute mark, I, I somehow noticed that your cup is uh, refilled. And <laughs> I never saw you fill it, so I don't know what you have... <laughs> Next to you, away from the camera, but unless you're, you know, Doctor Strange with that magical power, I was like, that. She's been drinking on that all day. And I, I mean, for this whole time, and I was like, she hasn't made a dent in that. So I was like, oh, she's, she's got, she's got backups. Magic. Yes. You know, she keeps the bottles next to her. <laughs> Not this time. I just have a red solo cup, like a classy bitch. I oh am. yeah, she's got a couple of cups. Yeah, that's why I, I have it. Yeah. I just have a big ass mug. Drink <laughs> yes. much, so I, I'm pretty lightweight nowadays. <laughs> so, well, I mean, you were starting out with moonshine, so I can't imagine that <laughs> going so crazy. <laughs> I go hard. What can I say? Hard. Like well, it. thank you, Luciana, for joining us again. Yes. All right, guys, and definitely check out our drunk dive. Right. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Paranormal Combo with your hosts, Angel and Aaron. <laughs> the reason that we called our show Paranormal Gumbo, for one thing, it's a cultural thing because here in the South, you know, Gumbo is from this area. But for another thing, Gumbo, you basically throw just about everything in it except for the kitchen sink. You know, the more ingredients, the better. And so that's kind of with our show. We want to cover a little bit of this and a little bit of that and just as much as we can. So that's kind of where that came from. We don't focus on just one thing. We want a little mix of everything.